how do you anticipate what the next move of, of bad actors will be? We I tried mean, a crystal ball, but it didn't work. <laughs> Tarot cards. It, it, exactly. Exactly. We, we did, we, uh, we're constantly, well, uh, you know, LinkedIn is a key source. We also look at many of the uh, magazines that are out, uh, SC Magazine, you know, CDO Magazine, uh, you know, many of the magazines and such that are out. But we, we also look at if there's uh, different sites we can go to that will give us. And also, uh, the government has sites uh, that you can, uh, they'll keep, you can get on their mailing list and they'll send out information what they consider the keynote threats. And there's different user groups that will send out and uh, quite a lot of threats coming out, you know, the FBI announcements and such. But usually it's when they are have somebody has been hit, you know, anticipating yes. what could possibly happen. Uh, that's why people are going for classes in penetration classes. You know, I went for pen trace, penetration testing and a class, and I, I had no intention of becoming a pen tester, but mm -hmm. I wanted to know how are they getting in? What I can they do? It's very helpful, very, very helpful for me. It was just a 40-hour class, but it was extremely helpful in doing that. You don't have any time to add pen testing to your day-to-day. -day. <laughs> no, no, it's also not going to be something that I love to do. Uh, and mapping, uh, uh, you know, I certainly understand and mapping, but it takes me so long compared to somebody who's actually finished. You know, it's, we, we stay within our skill sets. You know, my MBA, I recently went back to school. Um, I did a survey on LinkedIn uh, five years ago. And I said, if you were to hire a brand new CISO, which is most important to you? Do you want them to have an MBA in cybersecurity, an MBA in risk management, or is a degree not important? Just experience. Mm -hmm. I didn't have any say just experience. There was a 50-50 split. And this was hundreds of people. I have almost 15,000 followers on LinkedIn. So it was wow. a lot of people that were, uh, Chiming in. you know, put it, putting in. And uh, it was a 50-50 split. I said, okay, there's my answer. So first I did my MBA full-time nights in uh, risk management. And I did my MBA full-time nights in uh, information security. Just graduated again in May. And it's, it's uh, you know, I did the, I literally had one day between the two MBAs. Wow. And do you I feel- took time to celebrate. <laughs> yes, exactly. Pops of champagne. Do you feel- But what I learned was the new things that are coming out. Because I had gone and taken a class, I won't say where I took the other one, but I took classes at a very well-known technical school and very, very high-level grad school. And I said, you know, they're just teaching me rote. They're teaching me everything I knew before. What's new? What's yeah. different? What do I have to think about? And so uh, I switched and went to a different MBA program that was more innovative, more uh, what's going to be in five years? What's going to be in yes. six years? What do we have to know this? How do you deal with the project management when you're dealing with with business continuity, with cybersecurity, with information security, with risk management, with governance, with compliance? How do you do, how do you manage all that and still stay happy? It's saying it's a lot. There's that's what they covered. And I think that that's what all education should be including. Do you feel like knowing the position that you're in, looking back on both of those programs, if you were giving advice to a um, an undergraduate student about which direction to go for their MBA, which one would you say was the more valuable for your type of role? Depends what they like to do. Okay. Elaborate. And I have, I thought about that recently, which one would I have picked? And I can't, I really think I needed both. You needed both? I really did. And what's interesting is uh, the, uh, and I certainly had a risk management background. I've been doing 
helping you for years, you know, uh, but this was taking things to the different level. There's new techniques for risk management, new areas, and also how to explain it to the people on the teams that you're interviewing when you're working with them. Absolutely. Uh, how do we include that in the process so they understand what you're saying? And that seems so simple, but it's it's not. I mean, we call it legalese, technicalese. Uh, learning to translate it, that into English uh, is a uh, skill. And uh, so for me, I think a, uh, the, a a combined program would have been great, you know, but it, it's, uh, yeah. and, and, you know, people, and you don't have to do the MBA because you just do a master's in it. But I felt the MBA was better in that. And I already had an MBA, but I was in my 20s when I did my first MBA. I was, uh, uh, you know, I was 23 when I graduated my first MBA, you know, and uh, started teaching college right away for University of Maryland, you know, because you only have to have your master's to teach. So the, um, and, and it was, uh, uh, you know, things have changed since, since I was 23. The world has changed. Technology has changed. And uh, the, um, so I felt that going back and just taking the entire, because I think a CISO today is changing. They are the same as a, they're the head of a company. They're this, yeah. they're not the CEO, but they have got to be on the same knowledge level. Uh, I think a CISO should be able to replace the CEO in an emergency. I know that's going, but you know, understand the entire business aspect. And no matter, I work for a city, but I took classes in operations. I had to take classes even in uh, information security for medical devices. Yeah. Well, here in this city, we have um, health information because we have Department of Health under us. So having all this knowledge, I, I'm finding it all just um, makes a big difference. And I, so somebody starting out, I think that a SOC team is the first thing that they should do. Okay. Uh, if they want to you know, get a good understanding of it. But, but there's so many areas of cyber. You may want to go into... Uh, you know, the pen testing side, which is very different. You may want to go into the, the uh, uh, you know, more of the the uh, the SOC side, you know, more of the threat hunting side. You may want to go into more of the governance or risk compliance components of it. You know, so it's, I, I think that they're all equally important, but I think being able to do a little bit of all of it would be a, a great asset. But I think that today the CISO is changing. It used to be the CISO was just a manager, had no technical background. That changed. Then it was all technical background. Yes. But no management skills. Now it's becoming a uh, strong, uh, what it, you have to be a, a, an executive and a manager and think as an executive does. All the teams, all the departments, everybody, because you are literally supporting all. Every, say any civilian company, or whether it's government or civilian or military, every single unit is its own separate, uh, has its divisions, it has its 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 uh, departments, and each one of those are your clients. Yes, agreed. And, and on that vein, do you feel like the actual role of CISO will splinter at some point into multiple different versions of a CISO that handle different kinds of threats and different kinds of security. I don't. I think that the CISO is going to have to be uh, more all-encompassing with, All with stronger teams underneath them handling each of those. 
So everyone I needs think to be you're gonna, you're gonna now have a pyramid with the CISO not handling the threats so much. But knowing the teams, knowing what the team should be doing, being able to manage those teams, because if you have the head of cybersecurity uh, who's doing the same work as the teams, then you don't need the head of cybersecurity. Cybersecurity, they have to make sure what's all the risk, what's the compliance, what's the governance. I think all of that is a, a key role. And having done my research for my thesis, uh, you know, it was interesting to see uh, how much of this was coming out of. I was very blessed. I had interviewed many top international CISOs. That was very hard. I had to write out to, I wrote out to all these people on LinkedIn and I said, if I got an opportunity for you, you can be on my focus group. I know you're one of the top CISOs in the world and I'm inviting you to be on my focus group. And what's great about it is because I'm not paying, you don't have to worry about paying taxes. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> and a lot of people respond. Big <laughs> companies. They said, well, I appreciate the transparency. You know? <laughs> um, it was, that's actually what I said to me. This is whole strangers I'm reaching out to saying, you know, uh, but they, uh, uh, I was very blessed to have people, you know, large international companies with their opinions and then surveys and, you know, guiding that and where it should be, where it was going. Uh, my research took a year. Oh, wow. Um, so, kind of an overarching theme what I'm hearing about about the future of the CISO role is that essentially the majority of their job is to do the things that you are doing to stay abreast and hear about new things and continuously learn and attend conferences and seminars to make sure that you're abreast of everything that's coming your way. Yeah, and, and no sleep. <laughs> and no sleep. Doesn't sound like you sleep at all. You know, I mean, well, obviously it's, it's I mean, you're just work-life balance, of course. But I think that that's important. I think I think personality makes a difference. I think having a, uh, a lot of CSOs, I was reading, quit after the first two years because they can't handle the pressure. It's and what's the worst that happens? Oh. You lose your reputation. Did you ever have one to lose? No. <laughs> it's, you know, so uh, the uh, you have to go into a new field. You can't go into this field anymore. So you move on. But the chances of that happening, you know, even when companies have had events, or major mm -hmm. incidents, as long as they had done their due diligence, they had done their risk assessments, they had done their impact analysis, they had done, made sure there was training, they made sure there was awareness training in place, they ran, you know, tests, they did everything they're supposed to do, they did pen testing. I mean, it's, it's kind of like uh, I, washing your laundry and bleach gets on one, you know, one thing. It, it happens. Yes, of course. Um, you know, I mean, well, it just I happens. I know you're at time and I don't want to make you late for your next meeting. And I want to thank you, Michael, for joining us today. Um, and you can visit cdomagazine.tech for other interviews, probably including some more with you. Christian, thank you so very much for today. I always appreciate the opportunity to be with CDO Magazine. It's a, a great organization and certainly a great magazine. And the conferences are next to none. Absolutely fabulous. Highly recommend them. I'll see you at the next one. Absolutely. I'll be there for sure. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.